welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they'll discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Bonnie in the house. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is season six of Changing the Game with Digital Selling Radio, as we like to say, Changing the Game with Digital. So there. Let's see what the buzz on the street is. I have a uh, quote here from business to the numeral two community.com. And let's see what they say. Okay. There's a classic phrase about good marketing being both an art and a science. Although this idea has been rephrased, reused, and repeated for years, it's never been more true than it is today. Although the fundamentals like this one don't change much, virtually everything else does, and I think virtually is an important word here. New marketing channels emerge. Come on, you all know about that. Customer buying preferences shift. If you don't know about that, get out from under the rock. And perhaps most importantly, emerging technologies give way to streamlined processes, elevated customer experiences, and fresh takes on marketing principles and practices. I know that's a lot to think about, but that's what we're going to be talking about today. Technology influences almost every aspect of today's businesses, and that's a message loud and clear for our global business audience around the world. And marketing is no exception. A 2019 survey by Chief Marketer revealed that more than half of marketers plan to increase their budget for marketing technology in 2020. And guess what? We're already in March 2020. It's going really fast. I have three guests today who are experts on this topic. They're going to help us figure this out. Let me tell you who they are, and then I will ask each of my esteemed panelists to introduce themselves. So in a moment, we'll be hearing from Richard Hegarty, and he spells his last name H-E-G-A-R-T-Y, if you want to look him up, at the Digital Marketing Institute, a newcomer. Welcome, Richard. We've also got returning guests many, many times, Barb Giamanco at Social Centered Selling and Marco Kai at SAP. Our topic today is marketing for 2020, tech tactics you need to succeed. I think there's a poem in there. Welcome to my panelists. Richard Hackerty, you're up first. Why don't you please give us a little background on what your bio is, what your company does, what your organization does, and just briefly tell us what is your passion for this topic. Go ahead, Richard. Sure. Thanks, Bonnie. Uh, delighted to be on the show, and uh, Thank thanks you. for inviting me on. Um, so, yeah, my, my name, as you said, Richard Hegarty. I work at the Digital Marketing Institute, and the Digital Marketing Institute provides global training and certification for digital selling and digital marketing. Um, I've, been in, I've been in sales myself for the last 14 years, uh, and in the learning space specifically around digital selling and digital marketing the last five years. So, I, I manage all of our, our enterprise business here at the Digital Marketing Institute, and uh, I, I spend my day speaking with global brands and professionals uh, about their strategy for upskilling with digital selling and digital marketing. So I, I guess for me, I, I, uh, I, I'm looking in the sense that uh, I, I love the learning space and, uh, and really value that, that you know, continuous learning environment, and uh, digital marketing is my passion and digital selling, so I get to talk about that all day. And um, so that's really kind of me in a nutshell. 
Thank you very much, Richard. I hear the passion in your voice, and it's this is an important topic. It's very much timely that we have this episode today. Welcome, and let's move around the table one slot to returning panelist Barb Giamanco. Barb, I hope you've been well, and why don't you fill in our listeners in case there's a remote chance they don't know who you are, Barb. Why don't you tell us what you do, what your company does, and what your passion is for this topic, please? Thank you, Bonnie. It's glad to be I'm. I'm glad to be back. So I head up a company called Social Centered Selling. My mission remains to this day to ignite sales transformation. So much has changed in selling and marketing today, which I know we're going to talk about, and I'm super passionate about helping companies adapt to that through coaching, uh, consulting, and training. I also have a huge passion for women in sales. I run the only podcast for women in sales called Conversations with Women in Sales, and I'm very focused these days over the last few years in particular on diversity, equity, inclusion, and making sure that companies are attracting more women into their sales ranks and providing that path and leadership support for women who are interested in advancing into leadership roles. I don't say that because it's a nice thing to do. It actually mm-hmm. drives profitable revenue and all kinds of other great experiences for an organization. So there's huge business value in taking that approach. Also, and the author of the first book on social selling, The New Handshake Sales Meets Social Media. Anything else, look me up on social. Looking forward to the conversation with Richard, Marcos, and you, Bonnie. Thank you so much, Barb. And if anybody wants to find Barb, I will spell your last name too, G-I-A-M-A-N-C-O at Social Centered Selling. Thank you, Barb, and welcome back. Moving around the table, Marco Kai hasn't been on in a little bit of a while, but you always pop up on these shows, and we're glad to have you. Marco, why don't you tell everybody what you do and what is your passion for this topic, please? Thank you very much, Bonnie, for having me again. Uh, hope you all have been well. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, so SAP... If you don't know, SAP is one of the um, one of the leaders in technology revolution and information technology, um, and we are one of the most valued uh, brand in Europe. Um, for for me, I work for digital selling, digital enablement and service team. We just changed the name this year. So our mission is to really help the um, our company to develop the professionals with uh, digital savvy and uh, future facing capabilities and competence for the future competition. Uh, I have been working in digital marketing and digital selling for the, uh, pretty much from the very beginning of my career. So I'm super, super excited. Oh, I can just like, um, I can talk about this all day as well. So very, very excited <laughs> to be on the, on the We're going to see if we can <laughs> extend the show, Marco. We're going to see if we can do it for two or three. Yeah. We should do a marathon of this. Do you know what, Barb and Richard and Marco, we should try to find a space where we could just do a marathon with you and people you know just dropping in during the course of a couple of hours. And what's your take on the tech tactics to succeed in the digital marketing world? I love that idea, Marco. I'll talk to the powers that be. Thank you very Absolutely. much. If, if you're just tuning in, this is Changing the Game with Digital Selling Radio. It used to be called social selling now it's digital selling or just digital this is season six and i have to do a special shout out to the sap sponsor of this series kirsten boyleau based in canada and also the gentleman behind the scenes who helps put these shows together it works so hard getting wonderful guests like my three today it is aj aj is arif mohammed johari and we just call him aj because that's a lot easier and aj you do a wonderful job behind the scenes so thank you so much for bringing these panelists to me and if 
you're just tuning in also, our topic today is marketing for 2020. Yes, we're already in 2020, but we're looking ahead at this new decade. Tech tactics you need to succeed. This topic not only applies to our listeners around the world hearing us here on the Business Channel on VoiceAmerica.com World Talk Radio, but also to anybody who may be approached by these people. What do you want your marketers to do? How do you want them to approach you? You want them to be helpful. You want them to not be hard selling you. You want them to uh, find you, to establish a relationship, to become your trusted advisor. So this topic really goes both ways. Are you on the marketing end or the receiving end? So everybody needs to listen to this. Now is the time of the show when I have asked my panelists to send me in advance a quote that really has absolutely nothing to do with the topic from somebody, a book, a movie, a famous play, a show, a song, anything, anywhere, anyone. And then I'm going to ask them each to relate their quote to the topic of the day. This is how we get to hear them think creatively on their feet, if you will, or sitting down perhaps. And we're going to start off with a quote from Oscar Wilde that was sent to us by Richard Hegarty at the Digital Marketing Institute. Let me give a little background, then I'll read the quote, and Richard will then explain it for us. Oscar Fingal O'Flaherty Wills Wilde. Oh boy, that's a big name. 1854 to 1900, an Irish poet and playwright. He wrote in many different forms through the 1880s. Remember, everyone, this was before you could pick up an iPod or a phone and text something to somebody. The early 1890s saw him become one of the most popular playwrights in London. He is remembered mostly for his novel, The Picture of Dorian Gray. If you've never heard of it, look it up. The Picture of Dorian Gray, D-O-R-I-A-N, excuse me, G-R-A-Y. Here is the quote. We are all in the gutter. But some of us are looking at the stars. Oh, Richard, that's such a beautiful quote. What does it have to do with our topic, please? Richard Hegarty. Thanks, Bonnie. Yeah, fantastic quote. I really really like it. Um, And I had to pick an Irish poet. Um, So, yeah, I guess, you know, uh, we're all in the gutter. You know, it's really uh, the struggles that we we all have in life and the hard times that that everybody goes through, just, you know, trying to navigate the world and life in general. Um, But some of us, you know, looking up at the stars. Some of us have a different mindset. Some of us are focused on the challenges ahead and, and have that growth mindset and, and positive outlook to try and, you know, really uh, uh, find success in the confusion, so to speak. So I, I, I just really like the quote, but I, I guess you can relate it to a lot of things and, and the, the challenge of technology and, you know, being overwhelmed with so much going on, so many channels. It's, it's, it's very exciting, but it's easy to, to kind of get lost in it all. So I, I, I thought that, you know, we can, we can remain positive in, in, and, and, and see the technology that's developing and the proliferation of technology as, as, an, as lots of opportunity rather than becoming overwhelmed with it. Thank you very much. We don't want anybody to be overwhelmed with anything. We just want this to be smooth and successful. Thank you, Richard. Love the quote. As as Barb and Marco have heard me say many times, I want to crochet that on a pillow somewhere or paint it on on a wall. It's a a beautiful quote. Thank you. Barb Giamanco, moving around the table to you. You have sent us a quote from a movie quote. We love movie quotes. This is from Remember the Titans, a 2000 film, year 2000. It's a comedy drama based on the true story of a high school in the state of Virginia that is interesting integrated with white and black students, white and black teachers, white and black athletic coaches. And here is the quote. It's four words, packs a punch. Attitude reflects leadership, Captain. Barb, who said this and what does it have to do with our topic today? Yeah, this is one of my favorite movies, and it's all about the real-life story of Herman Boone, who came into a school, as you said, and he was 
chartered with putting a football team together that was now integrating white and black students. And the quote actually comes from the two pivotal characters. One is the ca- the, the captain, you know, the all-star football uh, captain of the team, um, it, you know, uh, white guy, and then, you know, his top player, African-American guy. And at one point in the movie, as they're trying to gel together as a team, you know, the captain says to his guy, he says, hey, look, you know, you got to stop being so selfishly motivated on the field, right? And he's he's like, you got to stop doing for yourself. And that's when um, this young man says, attitude reflects leadership, captain. In other words, the way the captain was behaving, you know, his own behavior and what he modeled to the rest of the team was signifying that it was a very selfishly motivated game and everybody was in it for itself. And it was kind of cool because at that moment, things really start to shift. How does that apply to business? How does it apply to our topic? Well, it applies because the world is changing, and you can either change with it or your attitude can leave you stuck back in the day. And that's where I think a lot of leaders are today, Bonnie. And, you know, I think when they reflect an attitude of the world isn't changing and we're going to just do what we've always done, that trickles down to the teams, and that's not good. Thank you very much. Very, very important. Barb, how important is it in, in this day when sell, selling teams, sales teams are trying to have a, a top-down approach to, yes, there are tools. Yes, we have to have the right tools. Yes, we have to have the right messaging. Yes, every employee and every person in quote-unquote sales needs to be an ambassador for our company to understand our brand, to convey it properly. Is leadership the key to this or is it a groundswell of people saying, no, Bob, you don't want to send that tweet out. Yes, Bob, that that's the one. That's what our manager would like us to do. Where, where does this come from, this wonderful leadership through the attitude? What do you think? Well, actually, I think it's both. And let's be real. What happens in any business starts with the leaders at the top. And some of the challenges that we see in both the sales and marketing side, in my opinion, are driven by the attitude of leadership and certain things that they expect and ask people to do, which may or may not kind of sync up with what buyers want today. And that's what I know we're going to get into a little more deeply. Now, that being said, you know, if you are an individual contributor, whether on the sales or marketing side, and you see some things that need to be adapted in the business, you know, I think you have a responsibility as a personal leader to also speak up. And if that ends up not working for you, then maybe there's another place that's a better fit. So I really do think it's kind of a two-way street. But again, um, whoever's driving the performance review Mm -hmm. is ultimately kind of controlling what I think people do. Thank you very much. All good responses from you, Barb, and we really enjoy the quote. That's a new one for us. I don't think, Barb, in nine years of Game Changers Radio, we've ever had a quote from that movie, so you're the first. Thank you very much. And now let's move around the table to Marco Kai at SAP, who has sent us a quote from the wonderful Arthur C. Clark, Sir Arthur Charles Clark, with an E on the end of his last name, C-B-E-F-R-A-S, 1917 to 2008, British science fiction writer, science writer, and futurist, inventor, undersea implore underseas explorer and tv series host and those of you out there who've never heard of arthur c clark well i'm sure you've heard of the 1968 film 2000 a space odyssey one of the most
most influential films of all times. Yeah, he co-wrote the screenplay. Now you know who he is. He was called the prophet of the space age because he was a futurist who popularized the idea of space travel before it was a big thing. He's considered one of the big three of science fiction along with Robert Heinlein and Isaac Asimov. Here's the quote that Marco has selected from Arthur C. Clarke. Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. I love that one. Marco, how'd you pick this quote? Really cool. <laughs> wow, yeah. So as a, as a huge science fiction fan, um, Clark is absolutely one of my favorite. And I think this sentence just resonated with every time, like when there is technology emerging, like uh, after invention of the computer, and now we are actually another wave of a uh, of big, uh, big revolution of humanity. So talking about marketing, just like everything is getting so much smarter and everything seems to have like intelligent, uh, intelligence now. Um, so sometimes it's really difficult for the customer if they don't work in the, in the field or in, the, uh, in, in this profession that they, they cannot realize how much uh, the world is changing, like why the computer knows what you, what you want and why, why you get the information so relevant and why it always provides what you want. So I think, uh, yeah, it's, the, it's the debatable if it's, it's uh, scary or if it's, it's good, but uh, in a short word, I think it's uh, true that the, our world is changing, the marketing is changing, and the, the business model is changing. So I think everyone uh, probably did think about how you are going to face this in the future, uh, whether you like it or not, and uh, just be better prepared for this magic happening. Thank you very much, whether you like it or not. <laughs> I, I love that, Marco. And that goes back to the quote Barbara pulled from Remember the Titans, Attitude Reflects Leadership, Captain. Whether you like it or not, you're going to use these tools. Very interesting. Thank you, panelists. Great quotes. And now let's just do a, a really quick uh, little more getting to know you. I never know whether to do this part of the show. We used to do it all the time. Barb, you remember this. It used to be what's in your cup today. And then it was what's your favorite drink. And then it was, what are you drinking on New Year's? Because we were all ramping up with great anticipation to 2020, or Barbara Walters said 2020. And now we're here, and it's today is March what? March, uh, March 10th already. We're just hurtling through the first quarter of the year, and some people say it's a new decade. I do. So just quickly, what's your favorite beverage that really makes you happy or slows you down or speeds you up? Richard Hegerly, just find out from you, and then Barb, and then Marco, and then we're going to take a quick break. So Richard, what's your drink that really powers you or relaxes you? Anything you want to tell me? Sure. So, well, I don't drink alcohol, which might sound interesting to some of your listeners, being an Irish man. Um, there's, there's, I guess there's, there's two types of there's two types of drinkers in Ireland. There's those who drink too much and those who used to drink too much and don't drink anymore. So, I'm the latter. Um, and now I've just reinforced the, uh, the Irish stereotype. So I'll, I'll apologise to the Irish nation. I'm sure there's plenty of Irish people listening. Now, my my go-to, uh, Bonnie, is is a flat white coffee. Um, uh-huh. I, I love coffee, and I'm, I'm not planning on giving that up. But that's uh, that's really kind of what I go to in the morning. I'm down to one a day now. Used to be drinking a lot more than that. So uh, yeah, but I I really enjoy a nice cup of coffee in the morning. Very nice. And a flat white, if those of you who don't know, it's different from a latte. I, I know this automatically in my, in my mind, Richard. This is filed away in my, my uh, computer lore of factoids. A uh, flat white, of course, is an espresso. I'm just going to recite it from memory, Richard. A flat white is an espresso-based drink that contains steamed milk. That much is obvious. It is a no-nonsense option for those looking for a dairy beverage with a strong taste of coffee made with a small amount of steamed milk and a thin layer 
picture of microfoam. How good is that foam on top, Richard? Is that what it's all, all about? Beautiful. I'm, that's it. I am, I'm, I'm craving one right now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have dangled that in front of you. Barb Chiamanco, what's your go-to drink, morning, noon, afternoon, or whenever? Uh, well, like Richard, I like a great uh, cup of coffee or two in the morning with a little bit of soy milk. And then most of the day is, you know, water with lemon. Of course, those who've listened before know that I love a great glass or a couple of great glasses of red wine in the evening as appropriate. So that's my thing. Thank you. Any kind of red wine that you're you're lacking these days, Barb? <laughs> you know, your listeners know me. I, you know, I don't I don't drink, uh, you know, the 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 cheap 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 stuff. But actually, I will say that Trader Joe's they're uh, they used to call it two buck chuck, and now it's like two ninety nine. But it is some great Cabernet, and people. They're stunned. They are like, what? $3 for a, a bottle of Cabernet. It's actually really good. Go to Trader Joe's and check it out if you're here in the United States. If you're visiting in from the United States, you should always check out a Trader Joe's. Well, I have news for you, Barb. Two buck check doesn't cost $1.99 these days. It goes for $3.99 in New York. But a bottle of uh, wine under... Yeah, it's two ninety nine here in Atlanta. <laughs> there you go. A bottle of wine under $4 is still a pretty thrifty option. Business Insider's retail desk hosted a Charles Shaw tasting. I don't know what the date of this article is. Some of the wines got a polarizing reaction, but the group had nothing but praise for one of the wines, the Trader Joe's. Cabernet Sauvignon. So there you go, Barb. Yeah, it has been- that's, there it is. I mean, just because the price is inexpensive doesn't mean the wine doesn't taste good. I'm looking at the label here, and it says Charles Shaw Blend, Cabernet Sauvignon 2015, California. There you go. Got a bottle right in front of me, only a picture, not to worry, lady and gentlemen, not going to be drinking during the show. Marco, Kai, we're having too much fun here. What's your favorite go-to drink any time of the day or night? Marco? Oh wow! I'm actually a little bit hesitated to say what what's my favorite now because Richard uh, Barbara has such a healthy uh, drink. <laughs> but for me, my favorite <laughs> is sangria, a Spanish one. I can just drink it all day, and uh, yeah, probably <laughs> not this choice, but I just love it. Okay. Well, as those of you who know me know, I am not allowed to go near caffeine on radio show days, and that's no surprise why. <laughs> just have so such a good time here. We got to keep keep the tone down here, Bonnie. Yes. So I'm just drinking water, uh, and uh, I interestingly enough, I have one of those new four door French door uh, flexible Samsung refrigerators. First time I've ever had water and ice in the door, and it stopped working, and I couldn't figure out why. Changed the filter, called the help number. It turns out on the panel somehow the the control lock got set on the front panel. I don't have kids, so I wasn't locking it against anybody. You could open the fridge. It was working, but there was no water and no ice. So called the help number, and they said, okay, it's not under control lock. It's under, I think, energy saver. It says push that button. There's no button. It's just v- visual. Push that dot there for three seconds. Bingo. The control lock went off. The water started flowing again. The ice started flowing. So crisis averted, but there's a nice new filter in it anyway. So there. So cool, clear water, and I'm using silicone straws these days yes got away from didn't like paper straws haven't tried the metal straws yet and trying to get away from plastic doing my part for an eco-friendly world we're talking today to richard hegarty barbara giamanco barb and marco kai our topic today is marketing for 2020 and beyond tech 
tactics you need to succeed. We had a great intro so far. We're going to take a 90-second break, let them all take a sip of something interesting, Barb. And when we come back, Richard Hegarty and I will kick off the roundtable portion of the show with some of his notes he sent me before the show. And then we will just go around and around the virtual table and share all of this wonderful thought leadership with you, our loyal listeners. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial, or as they say on NPR Radio, stay. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Social media is taking sales and marketing organizations by storm, and only those who adapt quickly into the new digital world will be around in the future. Digital selling is a concept that has implications to all lines of business, from building the fundamentals in the sales and marketing process and getting the content marketing mix right, to building cross-functional teams and ultimately changing the way buyers and sellers engage in a digital world. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how digital selling is changing the world of business. Changing the Game with Digital Selling is presented by SAP. Visit SAP.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at voiceamerica.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Changing the Game with Digital Selling. Absolutely. Here we are. This is Season 6, Episode 2, if you're keeping track. I certainly am. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and our topic today is Marketing for 2020, Tech Tactics You Need to Succeed. Yes, there's some poetry in there. My special guests are Richard Hegarty at the Digital Marketing Institute, Barb Giamanco, Social Centered Selling, and Marco Kai at SAP. We're up to the roundtable portion of the show, and I'm going to start off the conversation with uh, some notes that Richard sent me before the show. I'll read a little bit, and then Richard will build it out for about two minutes, and we'll invite Barb and Marco to add their commentary. So Richard says, embrace technology with an exclamation point, and technology has a capital T. He says, the function of technology concerning digital marketing is to enhance the user experience and provide the marketer with the tools to deliver their message at scale. That's a loaded statement. Richard, please unpack it for us, as they say on the news. Go ahead. Yeah, thank you, Bonnie. Let me uh, try to unpack that and uh, glad to share my point of view with you and the listeners. So I, I really think it's about being, you know, uh, a customer obsessed, a relentless focus on the customer and understanding the buyer's journey is critical. Um, you know, that, that's whether we're in digital selling, whether we're in marketing, the technology we're using, it must be completely focused on the customer and working back from there. Uh, we look at you know, some research last year with The Economist, over 500 businesses in this survey, you know, the future of marketing showed that user experience was top of, of the line of importance. So um, I think we need to have a, that deep understanding of the customer, that insight about the customer. Um, and uh, and that will inform us of what, what technologies is going to make sense for the, for our customer and add value to where they are in the buyer's journey. So, so as I said, I think it's really kind of looking at, at where they, you know, our buyer persona, the journey they go through as, as the customer with us and working backwards from there. Um, 
and there's lots of really exciting technology to think about and we're going to discuss lots of it today um, that we can implement into our digital marketing and our digital sales strategy um, and we know that that, that that sales and marketing is blending together. Um, mm-hmm. So I believe really kind of one to watch out for with artificial intelligence that can support you know, across all different divisions of the business is, is chatbots. And I think we're going to see mm. uh, really more and more use of those through 2020 and beyond. And it's traditionally been a very B2C kind of marketing tool. Um, but it's fastly becoming adopted into the B2B world. And it's an example of technology that can provide support for your customer uh, and do a lot of the heavy lifting for them. I think the customer, as we know, has much more agency these days. So, you know, being able to have a conversation with them as early as possible is really critical. And, and I see this, this technology as a, as a great way to do that. Um, and, uh, you know, we can, then, you know, with that approach, we can provide a more personalized experience through our marketing collateral and campaigns. We can, you know, the chatbot can work 24-7. Um, so there's customer service for existing customers. So if somebody's looking for white papers or specific material, we can provide that in real time. Um, and also we can provide a really critical piece for our sales professionals for lead scoring. So if we know certain questions that are being asked and answered and pathways that our potential customer is going down, that can feed into to our data and have that, that lead scoring and qualification for sales professionals. So I guess in summary, it's really kind of focusing on the customer, work, working backwards mm-hmm. from there. And I think chatbots is a really great way to support I haven't heard that in a long, long time on any of these shows, chatbots. That is almost new breaking news, Richard. Thank you for bringing that up. Barb, I'm going to come around the table to you, Barb Giamanco. Uh, thoughts on what Richard said. I'd love for you to talk about your thoughts on AI and the value of chatbots in, in uh, putting together those buyer personas and meeting them where they are, finding them where they are to develop a trusted advisory relationship. Barb, go ahead. Uh, thanks, Bonnie. I think what Richard said was really great. I appreciate his focus on embracing tech. I'm a big believer in that. I also think you don't want to over-rely on it. And while we're talking about tactics, let's remember that we have to start with the overall strategy first. And if you're going to think about different technologies like chatbots, as Richard brought up, you need to think about the strategy and what the real experience is going to be like for someone. And the reason I say what's the experience going to be like for someone I've been through chatbot experiences. Some are very good. Some are really pretty bad. It's like going through phone trees and you're continuing to be asked the same information over and over again. So I think the most important thing is people are thinking about marketing and sales technology and things that are going to enable these processes. They need to make sure they've thought through strategically what's important. And I think they need to actually experience themselves and really understand how it impacts the individual on the other side, right? It might be more productive and efficient for us internally at our company, but are you really creating the best experience possible for the person who will, you know, be the consumer of that technology, of your support, of your white papers, your, you know, marketing collateral, et cetera? Thank you very much, Barb. Marco Kai, why don't you weigh in on this, please? Sure. I was 
I was saying that I totally resonate with, uh, with what Richard and Barbara said. I think uh, experience is really core of the future mar- uh, digital marketing or marketing in general. Um, the reason, but I just want to add that experience has been always there. It's one of the most important uh, elements of a marketing or any bus- uh, success of a business. But why it's become so important? Actually, SAP has has really focused on our strategy of bringing experience marketing to our customer. Is because. Uh, in one way, technology is, is enabling the, the, the brands to, to do a lot of magic. But also, it also brings a lot of power for the customer to change their behavior and to, to do a lot of decision. So it's just like a, uh, the two strips of a DNA. So anyone wants to have a, a successful business model to bring this um, into future, that they need to consider how the experience is enabled by, uh, by mar- uh, technology and how you have to have a new a strategy to deal with that. Thank you very much. Good conversation started, Mr. Hagerty. Anything you want to say back to Barb and or Marco? We can continue with this. Yeah, no, just uh, thanks for their, their point of view as well. And I think just to, to Barb's point, I, I think she's absolutely correct. And um, the technology needs to be, you know, our strategy needs to be thought out first. And chatbots, I've had those experiences as well where, you know, that's asking me the same thing over and over again. I, I guess my, where, I, where I was thinking more was that conversational marketing. So obviously, if we're going to use technology, it needs to add value to the customer. And, and uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, the conversational marketing, w- w- which I've seen you uh, is, is really where the customer arrives and they have the option to download something they need, but there's also that option to talk to, to, you know, to, to this artificial intelligence. And uh, it, it's not like live chat or it's not so much you know, just trying to kind of answer questions randomly with random answers. It's, it's more guiding their, 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 their kind of needs by asking mm-hmm. questions with a number of answers and they select an answer which drives them to the next section. So it's, it's trying to understand the pathways of the, the journey that they may go on and then providing an easy pathway to that. But the technology, it, 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 it must be perfect if we're going to use it and add value to the customer. I agree. Thank you very much. Good conversation. Barb, I'm going to combine a couple of your statements because I think it would be well, work well together. Number one, you say, words of wisdom, opening doors to sales conversations is the new closing. As in baseball, you cannot score a home run if you can't even get on first base. And then let me add the fourth statement here. Digital selling doesn't stand on its own. But using dis- digital selling strategies as part of your sales process is an art form, which Barb goes back to my opening quote, an art form that must be learned and acted on strategically. So, Barb, let's combine those two. I want you to take it from here. Uh, right. So, I mean, we're all talking about experience, and on the so I, I have the I have the you know the the career background in sales. But then when I started my own business after leaving Microsoft. 14 years ago, I have learned a lot about social and social media marketing starting way back in 2002, 2003. And so, you know, one of the things that I've, I've seen, Bonnie, is that, you know, as we think about this experience and one of the big challenges that sales organizations are faced with as our marketers, right, we need more leads, we need more activity in the pipeline. If you cannot get people to talk with you, then you can't book a sales meeting and you have no hope of generating, you know, a sales opportunity. And so that is so important to me that I think sometimes we get so caught up in AI and chatbots and technology and all these new things and we forget about the basics on the front end, which is technology is enabling human-to-human connection, as both Richard and Marco said. You know, mm-hmm. ultimately, especially in sales 
today. Maybe that's going to change in the future, but especially in the B2B side where sales are uh, much more complex and more expensive, there's a lot more risk on the buyer side. We need to stop forgetting that people have a lot to do with whether or not sales opportunities are developed and made. Because even with all this great marketing technology, and you can surface a whole lot of leads, but what is that experience when now you're getting the humans talking to each other? There you go. The humans talking to each other. Barb, doesn't it really just come down to that, whether it's tech or whether it's straight talk, meeting somebody at a conference, if people still go to those anymore, it's getting people to talk to each other. Thank you, Barb. Great points. Marco, let's build out on what Barb said, please. What do you think? Wow, I, I'm so glad that uh, Barbara um, just mentioned that uh, digital selling cannot stand alone because this is, I, we found that this is actually uh, quite common uh, mistake when we talk about this to, to people or professionals. Um, I think, yeah, technology has bring a lot of new magic that you can do uh, with it to business or to a customer, change your customer behavior or journey or whatever. But uh, after all, we are still living in the physical world and the digital world. So we have to combine everything together and uh, what you have done, proven, uh, that's successful, you, you still have to do that. But in the meantime, you have to watch out the new technology that brings the new power to you. Uh, for example, like uh, now your, your salespeople can be less de- dependent on the uh, less dependent on the marketers to find new prospects uh, because they have LinkedIn sales navigator or something like that. But in the meantime, you have to think how you can uh, have a whole strategy that combine everything together so you can have a whole um, strategy to cover the entire uh, process of a customer's thinking and customer behavior, uh, behavior journey. So I, I totally agree with what Barbara just said. Thank you very much. Let's go around the table to Richard Hegarty. Richard, join us, please. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Barb and Marco. I um, very much agree with what's been mentioned. Um, you know, uh, digital selling, it's, it's supporting the opportunity to have the conversation uh, at scale with the customer. It's part of a process. Um, it, it, it's, it's not to stand alone by itself. Um, and all, like Barb said and Marco, we've, we've all this great technology um, and all these different options. But at the end of the day, we're dealing, we're dealing with, with human beings. Uh, B2B or B2C uh, at the, uh, behind the products and services the technology is people and people want to be able to trust and have confidence um, and, and for us to be of service to those uh, professional people so I think um, you know it's, it's good to really underscore that and not lose sight of at the end, you know at the end of the day it's, it's, about, it's about connection and trust and confidence and, and everything around that we're talking about supports that Thank you very much Barb anything you'd like to add? The only thing I'll close is just by saying it straight up. There are no shortcuts, right? So pieces and parts of the sales and marketing process don't stand on their own. They all need to come together in a cohesive way that creates a great experience for the buyer from the beginning all the way through to the end. And sometimes I think, Bonnie, that people think that technology is a shortcut, especially if you're using social networks, and it's not. In fact, we don't have time to get into it here, and people can reference other shows that you've done on this topic you have to be even more careful. So I'll leave the group thinking about this one thing. It may seem old-fashioned, old-school. I don't care. You still don't get a second chance to make a great first impression. And so technology may let you speed things up, but it's still how you behave and interact with those human beings on the other side that creates that opportunity for them to say, yes, I want to talk to Barb more, or no, what was she thinking even reaching out to me? There you go. 
That goes back to being human, Barb. That's what it comes down to. Barb and, and Richard and Marco, many of our Game Changers radio shows are about business processes and new technology separate from marketing and sales. And very often we don't talk about the humans. I try to bring every conversation back to who are the people making the decisions? Who are the people in leadership roles? Who are the people at the groundswell of saying we need better tech, we need better processes, we need to make sure that we're realizing we're all people still we're still we still don't have uh, robot ceos yet as far as i know we covered that on a, a futurist topic last year on game changers radio what about the first futuristic robot ceo and i don't think we're there yet so thank you barb for that uh, marco i'm going to move around to you and i have, have two statements here i'd like to cover number one i think we need to talk about this uh, let's go to statement number three marco says video 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 Video, all kinds, is taking over the Internet, hence dominating the future of marketing. Let's go there around the table. So, Marco, what kind of video? Who's making it? How long is it? What does it look like? What kind of devices do you – I know that's an entirely entire new show. And I do have a topic coming up on another show where I'm going to invite you to talk about that. But, Marco, for, for brevity, what does this have to do with our tech tactics here for Marketing 2020? Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I actually borrowed language over the millennial. So I'm pretending that I'm one of the millennials, but I'm not. <laughs> but, uh, so they, uh, they, they just repeat the, the same words as it is very important. According to a study from uh, eMarketer uh, and many other studies, actually um, video is going to take the 80% of the total internet traffic. Hmm. And uh, I heard so many stories like um, some influencers, they move to the short video or uh, live streaming video platform and they sell billions or millions of products, like even sometimes, even some products that people never heard of, heard of it, but, but because people are so addicted to the, to the format of the video, videoing mm-hmm. and uh, to, to, the, to, to, the, to the kind of arisma that's created by, by this uh, tactic, they still buy everything that, uh, that the influencer are going to buy. And in, in the meantime, uh, YouTube is still growing, and uh, Facebook, I saw that they have uh, spent a lot, a lot of big, big efforts to catch up. So I firmly believe that if you're watching out uh, what's going to happening for your next marketing strategy, no matter your B2C or B2B or C2B, I think video is going to really, to be really, really important. Thank you very much. We won't get into all the gory details about who's making it, how long is it, what tools do you use, if you could just do it on a smartphone if it's good enough. Oh, my goodness. And the, the six-second video <laughs> versus the 30-second video. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Richard Hegarty, let's get you in on this. Video, video, video. What do you think? Part of the marketing tactics for digital selling, yes or no? Absolutely. I think it's absolutely critical. And if we're, if we're only focused on text best, text-based marketing, uh, we're missing a trick. I mean, we must use video. Um, we live in a mobile mad world and people are consuming content on the go all the time and uh, the food of choice is video. So, you know, people, people love to interact with brands and, and uh, you know, learn about products and services through video. Um, and I think, you know, when we think about the leaders out there in the B2C space, we think about Amazon, who've created an empire through a frictionless, hyper-personalized experience. I think we need to consider that when we think about video. Um, we want to be able to deliver 
um, a frictionless environment uh, through our sales and marketing using video um, and, and, and be able to personalize that. There's so much we can do with it. You know, um, we've got lot, you know, we've got video webinars. We've, uh, we've got like video conferencing. We, we, you know, we can use uh, right across sales and marketing, customized video, personalized video. Um, and I think when you add in a layer of live video streaming on top of that, you really kind of move into another space. Uh, you know, people love to interact with their, their brands and professionals in a live environment and ask, ask questions in real time. So uh, I, I think video is absolutely critical and going to be more so, as Marco pointed out there, as we move forward 2020 and beyond. Thank you very much, Brad Giamonco. Let's get you in on this. Thoughts? Video, video, video. Yes, no, maybe, where, how, who, when, where, what? <laughs> I absolutely think that video plays a role in people's strategies. And so that what I'll add on to what Marco and Richard have already said, people, can you please do it right? Think about what you're doing. Think about your audience. Think about how you are presenting yourself. You know, I don't find these hanging upside down in my car videos funny. (laughs) I know people are trying to create their own little personal brand, whether they're sales or marketers. But I think you have to be really careful about that. And, you know, today we're living in a world where we're having a lot of customer calls. I mean, all day long, I'm on Zoom or other uh, web technology, either audio or video. And, you know, I want to make sure that I'm presenting myself appropriately to my audience. I I, I take a shower. I'm sorry to say that, but some people I feel like they're just trying to be so real or they're just trying to go viral that they don't really think about that impression again. Remember I said first impressions count. So I think video is really important, but but think about it. Do you have your camera angled right? Is there enough light in the room? Um, are you dressed in a way that's sort of professional and reflects what the buyer is going to think makes sense and looks professional? And, you know, it, it, some people think, oh, my gosh, Barb, that's so outdated. But if you're asking people to spend thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy your product solutions and services... Pardon me, but I think you need to dress the part. I'm totally with the gentleman. <laughs> Video has a place. Stop playing like, you know, you're just uh, winging it in the backyard during a barbecue with the family. We're talking professional <laughs> video that represents who you are, what you sell, and communicates that trusted advisor status and value that you led off talking about, Bonnie. So that's my take on the video piece. Interesting. Let me ask all of you around the table one quick thing about, uh, about. let's see, I, I don't know how to phrase this exactly. I know some people have a reply message if you tweet them or if you Facebook them and they can't respond right away. It's, uh, hi, this is Bob. I really can't respond right now. And it's a personalized, maybe 20-second video with their face and their voice and their message that they'll get back to you as soon as they can. Is this the rage? Barb, let's just start with you and go around the table. Is this something that can be done, quote-unquote, ad hoc, on the fly, uh, in your living room or in the car? Hi, this is Bob. I'm driving right now. Can't take your call. Is this something that's the rage or is it annoying? What Do you want to take a shower? after one mm. of these barbs. I'm, contra- I'm a contrarian because I don't like it. I think that's uh-huh. selfishly motivated. I think that mm. we need to be thinking about how we communicate in a way that the person that we're trying to do business with or the current customers that we work with, what they care about. I mean, honestly, if you can't return my call, I don't care and I'm not going to watch your video, but that's just <laughs> me. 
I'm sorry. I love this. <laughs> Richard, chime in here, and then we'll get to Marco. Richard, what about these reply videos, talking video, video, video? What do you think, Richard Hegarty? Yeah. Well, yeah, thanks. I, I haven't actually come across that reply video. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure how it would go, how well it would go down either. Barb knows um, what I'm talking about. <laughs> go ahead, go yeah, ahead. I, I've, I've, come ac- I've come across the video personalized messages from follow-up from events and things like that. Yes. And, you know, I've seen them done badly, uh, you know, with a bit of white paper and someone has my name on it. And I've seen it done really professionally. So I think back to Barb's point, I mean, you know, we have a recording studio here and if, if, if I'm going to do any video content, it's got to be high quality and represent, you know, who, who, who I am and, and my personal brand and the company brand. So I think wherever we use it in whatever way, it, it's definitely got to be done at a high quality and be professional for sure. Thank you, Marco. Kai, you started this. What do you think? Video, video, oh. video. What kind of video, Marco? Wow. How good, how bad, and how ugly? Go ahead. No, I definitely love that debate. Uh, discussion. I think, um, yeah, when we talk about technology, we just like social media, it, it, it can be good and bad, right? People can say some really mean things, but in the meantime, it can spread knowledge and, and give power to, to everyone. So it really depends on how you use it. But uh, I, we believe that business is going where your customer will be. If you're 80% of your customer will spend their 80% of their time on video, then that's definitely some, something you should consider. But how to use it, I definitely totally 100% happy with uh, what Barbara and Richard are concerned. That's why actually at SAP, we train people how to create video, like what lighting, lighting you should set up and what kind mm-hmm. of looking you should have and what uh, message you should deliver. So it's really important. It's about how to use it. Um, but uh, first thing is that you have to re- realize if this is a channel that uh, you have to consider it for the future. Thank you very much. I have an invitation to the three of you. I'm doing this topic on um, Look Ma. I'm on video for SMB, small to mid-sized businesses, on my other show, Technology Revolution, the Future of Now, on March 25th, and I'm looking for a panel. Would the three of you like to be on? All you need to do is send me four predictions about video, video, video. Marco, Richard, Barb, would you like to be sure. on my panel that day? Yep. Barb, oh, you good? Sure. It'll be good. a pleasure. Good. Yeah, it would absolutely. be a, a lot of fun. It's predictions only. It's a different show. It's not Game Changers, but we have a huge audience. And I think I think the three – I have one panelist already, Marco, somebody from SAP. And I think the three of you would be a great, great addition to the panel. And I will send you the invitation right after the show. Thank you very much. AJ, I do that from time to time. You have such good panelists. I want to bring them on That's other right. shows. Thank you. Guess what? It's 51 after, and that means we're officially in the crystal ball prediction segment of the show. Richard, you're up first. Richard Hagerty, wonderful speaking with you. We'd love to know what you think will change about this topic if we met again. I'm not even going to say next week or in two weeks, which we will, but let's project out to 2025. Marketing tech tactics for digital selling that marketers will need to succeed. What will change by 2025? Just look into the long view. Richard Hagerty, 60 seconds, go. Sure. So I think artificial intelligence, machine learning, this is going to really transform how we do business uh, in a way that we probably can't conceive today. Um, I also think that having, you know, essential skills uh, while this technology changes of around having those soft skills of collaboration, mindset, creativity, emotional intelligence is going to be a, a, a critical for the future as well. Thank you very much. Brief and to the point. Appreciated. Barb Giamanco, 60 seconds. Where are we going with all of these tech tactics for digital selling? 2025, not that far off. Go ahead, Barb. 
Well, I say the same thing every time, Bonnie, so I'll just be a broken record. I think that we need organizations to stop relying so heavily on just the technology. Remember, people are involved. I think they still Mm. will be in five years from now. And we need to get out of this short-sighted focus on just the tactics. Richard just said it. It's strategy. It's people. Do you have the people with the right skills? Do you have the right technology enabling the right process? So, once again, I come back to let's focus on the holistic and let's stop talking about experience and little bits and bites and pieces and let's focus on the whole experience that we're creating for people end-to-end. Thank you very much. People, people, people. That's what we're talking about. Marketing, sales, tech, people, people, people. Marco, Kai. Oh, Marco, Mm. they were so brief and concise (laughs) and to the point. I've got extra time for you. You can take 90 seconds for your prediction. What do you see coming down the road up the pike? Go ahead, Marco. Thanks for the extra time. I think it's really difficult because uh, just given the fact that how many technologies is just about to bloom, like uh, artificial plus uh, 5G and uh, and uh, machine learning, just as Richard mentioning, and also like people's people's mentality about uh, privacy and uh, the experience also are grooming among the customers. I'll give you one example. Actually, I went to a supermarket in Paris and uh, I, I bought something and the next day I, I received some message. Seems like the machine, I, I actually, I use the auto-pay uh, machine, checkout machine, and it uh, seems like the machine knows what I want next, next. So I was totally shocked. Even I work in marketing myself, but I think this brilliant uh, market. It can be scary for some people, like why, why the machine or why the, the brands that are behind know that everything I want, and uh, do they actually spy on me? But uh, I think in the future, uh, just in a few years, everything is getting so smarter and uh, you have to deal with it. And, uh, uh, but who knows, maybe technology will have, have uh, something will happen and stop the technology evolution. But, uh, but I think uh, all the brands need to have a very close eye on the technology. But of course, people is very, people is very uh, important. But if our customers are heavily, more and more heavily digitalized, more, more and more heavily depends on technology. For example, like from where I came from, China, nobody uses cash anymore. Like if you go mm-hmm. to China, you use cash, nobody accepts it. People use WeChat or only their phone. Like even a beggar on the street, they, they, they will ask you, oh, you don't have cash, no problem. Just, uh, just give me money from your phone. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just incredible. So I think it also impacts how marketing will evolve in a few years. And uh, it's really hard difficult, but uh, everything is going to be smarter and more scarier and more intelligent. That's for sure. Thank you very much. Great comments around the table. Quick question. This is a lightning round for all three of you. If you had a chatbot working for you, with you, by you in your digital selling role, I wouldn't say job, your role, what would you name that chatbot if it was something you could really just like Alexa call up? Richard Hegarty, quickly, what would you call your chatbot? Well, that's a, a, a on the spot. What would I call my chatbot? Well, I, I think I definitely wouldn't pretend that it's anything but a chatbot. So uh, I would probably call it Virtual Richard. Oh, Barb, what would your chatbot be called? <laughs> Lily, after my dog Lily, of course. <laughs> I love it. Marco, what would you call your chatbot? Oh, my God. I, I probably could go after Richard, like a little Marco or something. <laughs> Marco, Marco. And I would call mine. Mine would be called Not Alexa. There you go. 
and throw, and throw her off. We could have a conversation in the background. Again, I want to do a shout-out. Thank you so much to A.J. Arif Jahari at SAP and series sponsor Kirsten Boileau. Great panel, wonderful conversation. We touched all the bases on tech tactics for digital selling. Aaron Keller, our engineer extraordinaire at World Talk Radio, the business channel. Aaron has nerves of steel because he works with me, and we never know what's going to happen on these shows. And thank you to my three panelists. Let me do my call to action here. Fasten your seatbelt. What in the world are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Richard Hegarty at the Digital Marketing Institute, just like Barb Giamanco at Social Centered Selling, just like Marco Kai at SAP. And by the way, Richard, I made you famous on Twitter, so go check it out with your comment about the world is mobile mad and they want to consume brand videos on the go. So take a look. We're getting a lot of retweets on that. Veet, veet, I got to go. Everybody, thank you so much. I'll be in touch with you in a few minutes with another invite. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP. The best run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program. 